Likute Sikhis, Volume 17, the Sikha for Pirke Avos, Chapter 3. In Ethics of Our Fathers, our sages teach us, Rabbi Hanina, deputy to the Koyanim, would say, Pray for the integrity of the government, for were it not for the fear of its authority, a man would swallow his friend alive. Now, our sages teach us in the Talmud, Baba Kama, one who wants to be pious should observe the matters of tractic avot, ethics of our fathers, meaning that the tractic of avos is not about obligatory laws, but about matters of piety. Now, I just want to note that the Rebbe brings an example from the first mission of this chapter where it says, reflect upon three things and you will not come to the hands of transgression, in which the emphasis is that for the pious, just not sinning isn't enough. Rather, the pious reflect upon that which keeps them from even coming to the realm of any closeness to sinning. Hence, once again, we see that Pirkei Avot is not about the obligatory laws, but about beyond the letter of the law, matters of piety. This Mishnah, however, seems to be speaking of obligatory laws. A, one is obligated to protect his own life and that of his friend, and B, it is an obligatory mitzvah to pray for your life. Additionally, why the terminology swallow his friend alive and not the regular kill or the word steal, if the Mishnah is speaking also of theft. Lastly, the Jew has many laws concerning not swallow his friend alive. How then can we say that one who wants to be pious needs the fear of its authority not to do so? Our Mishnah then goes on to teach, Rabbi Hanin, a son of Tradion, would say, two who sit and no words of Torah pass between them, And it goes on to saying a negative thing. And then it says, But two who sit and exchange words of Torah, the divine presence rests amongst them. As it is stated, Then the God-fearing conversed with one another, and God listened and heard. And it was inscribed before him in a book of remembrance for those who fear God and give thought to his name. Now, what is the connection to the opening of our Mishnah? when seemingly it belongs in the next Mishnah, which states, quote, Rabbi Shimon would say, three who eat at the table and do not speak words of Torah. The explanation, being of matters of piety, we must say that we are not speaking of one stealing or hurting the life of another. Rather, he desires but to have the other person's alive, meaning life, identity, and actions, be swallowed within his own. And it is precisely his virtues, his piety in Torah study and mitzvah observance that obligates him to swallow the other, one who may be lacking in Torah study and slipping in his mitzvah observance, to swallow that person into his own identity, being to the advantage of the other that he be swallowed into his own pious identity. Now see, for example, the Talmud says, anyone who prevents his student from serving him, it, it is as if he withheld from him kindness. 
And another opinion that there says he even removes from him the fear of heaven. And another uh, statement in the Talmud quotes the verse in Deuteronomy, But you who cleave to the Lord your God are alive, every one of you this day. And the Talmud says, But is it possible to cleave to the divine presence? And it goes on to explain, we're talking about one who cleaves to the Torah scholar. And Rashi says, through his cleaving to a Torah scholar, he will merit to live. Hence, this person, specifically the pious person, is thinking that he, for the benefit of the other, he swallows the other alive. Meaning that he brings him into his own identity, into the identity of the pious person. Now, being that we are speaking of a pious Torah scholar whose thinking is of true intellect, hence the Mishnah guides him to know that intellect will not suffice. As mentioned above, Talmudic logic supports this thinking. Rather, he must pray for the integrity of the government. Now, the word government literally is kingship, malchut. Why will this help? Because reflecting upon government, kingship, leads to one's reflecting upon an awe of the King of Kings, the Holy One, Blessed Be He. Our sages teach in the Talmud and Tractic Brachas, royalty on earth is like royalty in the heavens. Meaning, as the Zohar explains, that when royalty on earth is complete, it is only because within it is revealed the true source of royalty, royalty in heaven. And being that we are speaking of a Jew on the level of, quote, matters of piety, hence, when he prays for the government, he definitely sees its true source, which is the royalty in the heavens, king of kings, the holy one, blessed be he. This, in turn, will subdue his feeling of superiority over others, being that, as we say in our high holiday prayers, that God is, he is immutable and treats small and great alike. For before God, the greatest of the great, do not take up space, just like the smallest of the small. Nevertheless, being that the evil inclination is a craftsman in its craft, hence simply reflecting upon royalty in the heavens, King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He, is not sufficient. Eventually, the craftsman will cool off the effect of this reflection, weakening the fear of its authority until ending it altogether. Therefore, the mission directs us to pray for the integrity of the government, that God of His grace freely help us in His goodness and kindness that we recognize and feel the royalty in the heavens. For, as the Talmud and Tractic Sukkah says, a person's evil inclination overcomes him each day and seeks to kill him. And then it goes on to say, and if not for the Holy One, blessed be he who assists him, he would not overcome it. Hence, the Mishnah tells us to pray for this assistance. The Mishnah then goes on to speak of, two who sit, words of Torah pass between them. Why? For the litmus test where the one has nullified his feeling of superiority to the other is when his Torah study is in a manner of two who sit. Why? The ultimate experience of Torah study is when one reaches the understanding, as Jeremiah says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, nor the strong man boast of his strength, nor the rich man boast of his riches, but let him that boasts exult in this that he understands and knows me, meaning understanding God by Torah study. And in our nighttime prayers, we say, 
for they are our life and the length of our days, and in them we walk day and night. That is what true Torah study is. Hence, when this person has his words of Torah be in a fashion of two who sit as equals, this is the truest proof that he has subdued his sense of superiority over the other. Thus, he merits two, as the Mishnah goes on to say, but two who sit and exchange words of Torah, the divine presence rests amongst them in which the royalty in the heavens in itself is revealed, and not just as it is revealed within the royalty on earth. With this, we can appreciate the Mishnah's proof from the verse, then the God-fearing converse with one another, and God listened and heard, and it was inscribed before him in a book of remembrance for those who fear God and give thought to his name. Why does he mention God-fearing? We're talking here about studying Torah. The reason why his words of Torah lead to the divine presence rests amongst them is because the God-fearing converse with one another. Which God-fearing? Those who pray for the integrity of the government, the royalty in the heavens, causing that two who sit as equals, the opposite of, would swallow his friend alive.